From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, email edition for July 31st, 2008. I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined, as always, by my good friends Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. And Julie's sister, Taylor, is also joining us again for our email show. And we have no one in the peanut gallery for the first time in quite a while. Yeah. Actually, it's nice. It's nice when the children aren't here. <laughs> you know, when we, have, when we have the place to ourselves. But, uh, no, poor Teresa looked like she was slipping into a coma during the last show, so... Home. Well, it's tough for them because they can't hear what's in our headsets. Well, she, yeah, but Teresa's also, you know, she's up at the crack of dawn with the kids. And, and we just don't fascinate everyone. <laughs> no, we really don't. <laughs> Not everyone finds believe. us intriguing. But uh, we, have, uh, we have lots of voicemails and lots of emails for you, so we'll just uh, dispense with the pleasantries and remind everybody that if you would like to Send us an email. The address is podcast at wdwinfo.com or give us a phone call, 1-877-310-9662. That is toll-free in the United States, Mexico, and Canada. And if we read your email or play your voicemail on the show, you'll get your choice of a Diz Unplugged pin and lanyard or a Diz Unplugged t-shirt. And at the end of every month, we pick one name at random from all the emails and voicemails that we played. And that person gets to pick a number on the Prismatron. And uh, we're dying to give away another podcast cruise. John is. John is so excited to give away another podcast cruise. <laughs> very, and very he said, you know, this, is, this process has just been so much fun <laughs> that he thinks we should put two more street? in. That we should probably put two more in. I mean, that's what he was saying before. I don't know if he's still going <laughs> to... So feels that way or not. But, um, I'm telling you, next one we, when we give away the next one, it should be really something they have to earn. I'm telling you, I want to get them big Sit, balls from sitting, Wipeout. Sitting and listening to us kvetch <laughs> three hours a week, isn't it, these people haven't done enough? Do you read the boards? They want us to do this every day. Yeah, they want okay. us to put a show out every day. They've suggested that we do it five days a week. All right, the new people are going to have to come clean our house, do our laundry, <laughs> gas up our car. Yep. Go to the grocery store. Go to the store. grocery store. Cook. I mean, it's really going to have to be the whole, the whole nine yards. It's going to have to be everything. We should just release the housekeeping on Monday. <laughs> the news on Tuesday. Rapid fire, we go. That's one way to do it. <laughs> I don't think that's what they're talking about. <laughs> no, somehow I'm thinking not. Oh, folks, believe me, I love doing this. I would love to do, if I could just do nothing else, if we could all do just nothing else but this all week, we'd be very, very happy people. We haven't figured out how to make money just from this, though, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have to do other things. Someone's going to have to go walk the dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... All right, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get started with our first voicemail. This week comes to us from our friend Aaron Del Prince from Indianapolis, uh, who I ran into at the Poly last week, and he uh, phoned in a report for us from the Magic Kingdom. So here's Aaron. Hey, podcast team. This is uh, Aaron Del Prince, ADP on the boards. Hey, I just wanted to let you know I'm, I'm standing here uh, live at the Magic Kingdom right now. I'm standing in front of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad where the wait time is approximately 30 minutes, and uh, the crowd levels here uh, this week while we've been here uh, have been moderate uh, for, for this time of year, 
And uh, uh, just wanted to uh, to let you know and let the listeners know that if they're coming next week, uh, you know, hopefully the crowds won't be uh, won't be too bad. Um, also, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, uh, it was nice meeting you, uh, Pete and Walter, uh, at the Polynesian uh, yesterday. And uh, Kim and Anna say hi. Uh, also, we had breakfast at the Wave yesterday morning, and I also wanted to let the listeners know that. Um, you know, the food was delicious. The service was great. And uh, if anybody's considering going there, they should. Uh, I had a uh, feta with spinach uh, scrambled egg entree, and it was, uh, it was very good. Uh, the restaurant is, uh, is very uh, well done. I think uh, it's worth a visit. Uh, it's very uh, casual, adult-oriented uh, atmosphere. So uh, uh, thank you, guys. I uh, appreciate all that you do. Uh, and I'll talk to you again soon. Well, thank you very much. Aaron, for that uh, that report, it was great meeting you and your family as well. And uh, I, I, I got to tell you, people, uh, you know, a quick way to get an email or a voicemail on the show is to call us from the parks. Call us from inside the park. You hear that? You heard that background music. You could hear the train. You could hear the people. I love that stuff. That's great. So, and I, you know, I got to agree with them. I found that I found the uh, the crowds, especially last week, were not. I mean, they were. I mean, there were crowds, but it was not what I was expecting for July. Not stupid crowded. No, it really wasn't. Not when you know. Not when like you know he's talking about Big Thunder Mountain Railroad being thirty minutes in the middle of July. Pretty good. We felt the same way at Epcot. Um, it was not nearly as crowded as Animal Kingdom, which Animal Kingdom is much more enclosed. It's not really my favorite park. That's why we did it first. Well, Animal Kingdom <laughs> we'll is also built way. is also built on the surface of the sun. <laughs> Active volcano. But I mean, there Epithon. were people in Epcot, but you didn't feel like you were overcrowded. Like you weren't running into people and constantly trying to move around people. You know, Animal Kingdom also has that. There's those one or two really good rides that everybody's going for. You get over by Everest and forget about it. Yeah, it's terrible. It's over like there. Calcutta in the summer. <laughs> it is just <laughs> people are bathing in the river. <laughs> Blizzard Beach was packed, though. It was. It was crowded. Oh, we went on a Saturday, too. Yeah. It was a 90-minute wait for Summit Plummet. <laughs> uh, you guys crack yourselves up. Yeah, we really do. As long as we entertain ourselves, it's Yeah, fun. really, we're fine. We're fine. Oh, Lord. But uh, what were we talking about? I don't know. The crowds at Disney. Oh, the crowds, yeah. Well, I mean, the water parks. Tried to hijack it. <laughs> the water parks are going to be crowded because it's so hot. That's where everyone's going for relief. Yeah. But and now nice. that they can't swim in the lakes, they've got to swim somewhere. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Pete. Yeah, really, <laughs> stay out of the lakes. <laughs> and those people who were saying we're blowing it out of proportion, you know what? It's people have to be warned. Is, is that is it is it likely that it's going to happen? Absolutely not. But there's a chance. There's a chance. It is getting worse as the weather here gets warmer. This is going to be the warmest uh, summer we've had uh, on record. Uh, so, you know what? And it's preventable. It's preventable. There's no reason to be swimming in the lakes. The signs say no swimming. So, you know, people need to be warned. And people need to be warned about the dangers of swimming in freshwater lakes in Florida. I don't care how many people have died. People have died, and they've died recently. Yeah. And uh, part of what we're supposed to do is tell people when we find out about this stuff, because if you're not from here, you're not watching the local news, you're not hearing this stuff. This isn't on CNN. It's not on MSNBC. It's on our local news. This is where we're seeing it. This is where we're getting a lot of this information from. So I've actually had people write to me and tell me that they're glad that we put the information out there because it's not something they've ever heard before. Or, so. uh, or ever would have thought about. Exactly. Right. So. 
We're trying to help them, keep them and their family safe. Now, you know, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be a couple of yahoos that are going to complain about it. So, (laughs) My favorite thing is when they say, well, you can die from anything. You can die from opening your junk mail. It's like, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, that was a deep paper cut. Exactly. (laughs) That's why I don't open junk mail. Yeah, it's... Without my junk mail helmet. (laughs) So... Well, thank you very much for calling in, Aaron. Again, it was great meeting you guys. And uh, our next voicemail comes to us from Tanya in Claremont. Who has, I know Tanya. I'm very happy. <laughs> um, and she has an observation regarding uh, ADRs. So here's Tanya. Hi, everyone. This is Tanya from Claremont, Honey Bunny on the boards. And I'm just calling real quick today to make an observation about calling the Disney Dining Reservation Line. I'm not sure when it was, but Kevin recently mentioned that the prompt had changed to all voice activated when he called. And, of course, he was lying. And I just called to make an ADR for this evening, and it was still all the touchtone prompts. Now, I have a little insider information that you guys might find interesting. I don't know if you were aware, but in addition to Disney's call center, they also contract at-home agents to staff the ADR line. I have a feeling, depending on when what method you, you, you hear, depends on how the call is routed. Yes, I know this is more outsourcing, but these agents are all local and trained at Disney, and they just don't have to leave their house. Now, you may ask how I know all this, and that's because I know a few people who work this way. Anyway, I thought you guys might find that interesting. You guys keep up the great work. Bye. Yes, as a matter of fact, I have noticed that. I was uh, making ADRs a few weeks ago. I was in the car. I think we were actually driving down toward Disney, and uh, I had Walter and his sister-in-law and brother in the car, and I'm, I'm making this ADR, and I'm, I'm talking to this woman, and I'm like, I'm saying to myself, it really sounds like this woman is like just booting up her computer. <laughs> it's like you hear a dog barking and in then the you hear, Yeah, you heard like a doorbell <laughs> in the background. And I'm like, oh my God, these agents, are, they've got these people at home. This has been for a while now, actually, even Central Reservation. I didn't agents, realize. You know, it's been a, it's a couple of years now this has been going on. The real clue is when one of the ADR agents says, Mommy's working. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing is when you're in the other room and you hear Kevin on the phone, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And you can say, oh, he's got one of them voice you recognized get the voice prompts. prompts. <laughs> Yes. And he just starts saying anything into the phone. I want to talk to somebody. I called to make an ADR the other day, and I asked for a 5.30 time. And the person who answered the phone says to me, Sir, the restaurant doesn't open until 5.30. And I thought, okay. (laughs) And the problem with that is? And guess what time my ADR is for? Sir, we're full at 5.30. The best I can do is 5.35. I, Unacceptable. I just got laughing. I'm like, fine. <laughs> I'm five minutes off. Of course you couldn't get 530. <laughs> when I made our EDR for the Grand Floridian Tea, it was the voice prompts. They wanted to know if I wanted English or Spanish. And I'm going, I said, English. I'm sorry. Please repeat what you, you know, <laughs> English. I had to say it five times before she understood me. I'm like, English. Like exactly. on the phone. <laughs> That's exactly what I've been doing, and, and you know, eventually he gets to the point where he just screams into the phone. I want to talk to a person. <laughs> Please let me speak to someone. I don't care who it is. It's <laughs> funny. Hi, Tanya. Well, thank you very much for uh, for calling in, Tanya. We appreciate it. Who has an email they would like to read? I do. Okay, superstar. <laughs> superstar. <laughs> and when he gets nervous, he goes like this. Stop. <laughs> All right. 
Mine is from someone we all know and love. Mine is from Mindy. Ursula's shadow. Oh. Will Stalker. Will Stalker. (laughs) And she actually starts her email with Mindy. You know who I am. Mindy says some really nice stuff about us and thanks us for some really nice stuff and is really nice. Let's get to her question. Oh, my. (laughs) Hold hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me uh, give you some background music. I love you. I love you. I love you all, especially Kevin. (laughs) That's not really what she says, but that's okay. I'm paraphrasing. I'm writing because I have a question for Kevin. It's often hard to find the answer to this one because the descriptions and menus of the restaurants often don't include information for solo diners. My question is this. Which restaurant on Disney property have bars that a solo diner might have dinner at and order from the full menu? I will sometimes make an ADR for one at a restaurant. I really love but I'm not as comfortable sitting at a table all by my onesies as I'm hanging out by the bar. Gee, I wonder why that is. Yeah, I was just going to say. I find that when you do find a place that has a bar that has a full menu, you have so much more fun interacting with the bartender server as well as the other patrons. Another bonus is that you really near... Excuse me? You're nice and close to your alcohol. (laughs) Another bonus is that you rarely need an ADR for that meal. The only restaurant on Disney property that I've dined at the bar is House of Blues in downtown Disney and Yak and Yeti in Animal Kingdom. Both times I've had great food and service, great conversation, and no ADR was needed. Are there any other places I can try? Thanks in advance from all of the ABBA fans out there who can't get a person to sit with and eat a meal with. See you all in December. Shit doesn't really say ABBA fans, but that's a whole other story. Okay. Okay. And I've been thinking, and I came up with uh, California Grill has a bar where you can sit and have dinner. I was hoping you all could come up with something else. I know that um, Il Molina... Yeah, this is a a strategy. I mean, Walter and I have used multiple times when uh, we're someplace, you know, like when we were up at uh, City Walk, we want to go eat at Emeralds, but you usually have to make a reservation well in advance to get there. So you go sit up at the bar. That's what we've done, too, at Emeralds. I know Il Molino has a bar you can eat at. And virtually virtually any restaurant with Mm -hmm. a bar will let you... I know Blue Zoo, you can too. I mean, sometimes they only have a limited bar menu if you want a full menu. Um, can you get the full menu at the bar at um, 50s Primetime? Mm. I doubt it. I know you can get the full menu up to a certain hour at Yachtsman Steakhouse in their bar area. What about at the Wave? Can't the wave, wave, you can sit and have what about uh, dinner at the bar. Now, Gico's cool. I was going to mention that. You can eat at the bar, but you can also eat at that gathering place. Um, in where the middle the, of the restaurant. Yeah, where the stove is. Right. The big, where yeah. they cook. Where the cooking place. And again, you don't need an ADR for that. If it's available, you can sit there. I was trying to think of someplace else. Yeah, it's and it's not just a great strategy for a solo. This is a great strategy for a couple. Mm-hmm. For walk-ups, that, yeah. Yeah, if you, just, if you don't mind, if you don't mind sitting at the bar. I agree with Mindy that sometimes the interaction you get there is much better. You get Especially like when I go to Emeralds. Unless a drunk conventioner sits next to you well, in our case at California Grill. Oh, jeez. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> always horrible. That's always a little uncomfortable. Um, I would suggest I, those were my suggestions. That's what I came up with. I couldn't think of any place in Epcot that any of the restaurants in World showcase where this was possible. Uh, I couldn't think. I does Hollywood Brown Derby have a bar you can sit at? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. they do anymore. No, no it doesn't. Bar. So I couldn't think of any in-park places because most of them don't have bars other than Yak and Yeti in yeah. Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, so, of course, yeah, the Rainforest. rainforest. I believe you can get a full menu at the Rainforest 
uh, as well. If you don't mind all the hoo hoo hee ha ho. The what? <laughs> Do it one more time. Son, no. <laughs> you only get to hear it once. So that, that's it, Mindy. Those are my answers. Cool. Well, thank you for the question, Mindy. Thank you, Kevin. Who else has an email they'd like to read? Taylor and I do. Yep. I'm going to read the email. She's going to answer it. All right. Uh, this is actually addressed to Taylor, to me and Taylor. So uh, it says, my name is Sydney, and I'm 11 years old from Edmonton, Canada. My mom's iPod recently broke, so she used mine until hers was fixed. And when she gave it back, I started listening to the show because she did not erase the podcast. She's like, my mom had talked about it all the time, so I thought I should try it. She was listening to a show about doing something special with your mom, and I said I had a sister her age, and she said that she must be lucky to have somebody who knows so much about Disney World to take her to cool places, and aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she you, better, you better say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has a little sister who's autistic and loves Disney and Mickey's Playhouse. I love seeing her happy because it's tough sometimes for her, and I've been to Disney World two times and Disneyland once because my little sister enjoys it so much. I wanted to know if you could ask your sister what kinds of things she likes to do at Disney and if you could tell me. Or you could ask your boss maybe if you could do something in the show about fun things an 11-year-old likes to do. <laughs> maybe your sister could give you a list or even cooler be on the show. I'd be chicken to do that. She goes on to say that she um, wants to surprise her mom with something that she could save up money from her allowance for their next trip. Maybe uh, Taylor can tell you what she likes to do with you. My mom does so much for our family. And she wanted to, I guess, kind of repay her. Give her a little thank you. Isn't that nice? She says, I also have a brother, but he doesn't count right now because he's a pain to me. <laughs> <laughs> Those of us as brothers, can I certainly... This is from Sydney? Yes. And I bet she, Sydney's mom is going to love the fact that Sydney wrote. I yeah, really do. It's yeah. really cute. And she goes on to say, I hope your boss lets you do something like this. It seems like this the show is more for grown-ups. So she'd appreciate something for kids. Thank you. Okay, um, I like shopping in the parks at Epcot, um, World Showcase, Mouse Gear at Epcot, and Main Street at the Magic Kingdom. Um, at the Magic Kingdom, I love to ride Splash Mountain. That's my true favorite. The Mad Tea Party Teacups, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, and the Haunted Mansion. Good choices. My favorite water park is Blizzard Beach. The, my favorite ride is Downhill Double Dipper. At Epcot, I always ride Soren and see Turtle Talk with Crush. The changes that were made to Spaceship Earth are really cool. At Disney's Hollywood Studios, I enjoyed the Great Movie Ride and the Indiana Jones Stunt Show. Toy Story Mania is on my to-do list for this trip. I'm not brave enough to ride Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster yet, but I will one day. And her brother and her brother-in-law keeps tormenting her about that. Yeah. Well, I think she's she kind of smiled it. because she's been tortured. <laughs> um, I like to go see the most recent Disney movie that is in the theater. We saw Wally this trip and saw the previews for Bolt. It looks like a really good movie. A fun thing to do with your mom at Disney would be the tea at the Grand Floridian Resort. It would be about fifty dollars for the two of you. We sat down today, and I, she told me, and I typed up the list for her. So. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. I tell you, Taylor, I, I got I give you a lot of credit. You're great on the mic. Yeah, Are you, you nervous? No. No, she's no, not. She she's just nervous. Only with Tower of Terror and Rock Are you scared of John? Are you scared of John? I promise I won't eat you. <laughs> I promise. 
a funny story about Animal Kingdom. You know, we got there and we got a fast pass for Expedition Everest, and she thought she might do it. So I'm like, we well, have never three said hours. She said, I said, you thought about it. Yeah, I thought about it. She never said she would definitely do it. So we got the fast pass, and um, you know, we were hoping that she would. Trying to convince her that it was going to be fun, that she would love it. So I said, you have three hours to think about it. She's like, oh, okay, because that was when the fast pass was for. Comes time to do it. Oh, no. And she's very stubborn. Once she makes her mind, that's it. You can't change it. You can't do Oh, we don't know where that, that comes from. Really. <laughs> yeah, really. So she's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Not doing it. But she didn't do it. <laughs> Taylor, was there anything you did that you didn't like? You said, I'm not going to do that again. Um, Probably the mummy at Universal. Yeah. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. I, and it's too hot. Yeah, the, the, the fire. fire. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's anything that she doesn't like at any of the parks. Have you eaten at any restaurants that you didn't like? No. Where did we eat at Epcot? We ate at, we ate at the Land at the Sunshine Seasons. Oh, because there's lots of choices there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we both had chicken Caesar salad, and it was really good. I nearly ate my whole thing. <laughs> Sounds like you two do a lot of eating. Yeah, a lot of eating and a lot of shopping. <laughs> hey, she is my sister. That's the way to do it. Well, that's great. Well, thank you very much for that, Taylor. I really appreciate uh, your feedback. I'm sure our, what's the young lady's name? Sydney. Sydney. I'm sure Sydney certainly appreciates it. And I thought that's a very nice sentiment, Sydney. You want to do something nice for your mom. And uh, I think Taylor's suggestion is a perfect one. So, all right, thank you for that. All right, our next voicemail comes to us from Katie Carroll who is uh, going to volunteer herself and her boyfriend to do the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique experience that Corey and Julie did not want to do. <laughs> Good for so, her. So here's Katie. Hey, podcast team. This is Katie Carroll, uh, Miss the World on the Boards. And I was, yes, I'm a week late, but I was just listening to the email show from last week because my husband sent me an email and said I needed to. There was a... Um, voicemail from somebody in New York who said that they wanted Corey and Julie to go do the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, and um, that was met with, well, if you all remember, not very good results. So um, my husband and I are going to be at Walt Disney World in December um, to celebrate our second century, and I already have an appointment at the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, thanks to um, Tracy for scheduling that, and... Um, my husband doesn't know this yet, but we'll volunteer. Do y'all want to come take pictures of us? Um, anyways, I just think that would be so much fun if I could talk him into doing that. Um, and we can call y'all from there or send you pictures or whatever you want to do. We'll do anything for the podcast team. So hope y'all are having a great day. Can't wait to hear the shows this week. Um, we love y'all. My husband's name is Malvin. And we listen to you um, every week, if not a week late like I'm doing today. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, for calling in, Katie, I think we'll, we will take you up uh, on that since Corey and Julie won't do it, but we're going to make Corey go take the pictures. Oh, okay. My favorite part of her voicemail is my husband doesn't know we volunteered. Oh, no, no, I, love that. Yeah. I love that part. We'll um, see if he agrees. And uh, Malvin's so, getting boutiqued. So, Katie. Uh, what princess do you think he'll be? <laughs> <laughs> princess Malvina. Um, Katie, we'll uh, let you go ahead and pick a number for uh, stepping up to volunteer to do that segment. And uh, the woman who originally suggested that uh, we send Corey and Julia, I have to go back and look and see what her name was. But whoever that woman was, uh, we're going to let her pick a number as well um, because her segment's going to get done. So 
Ooh, now this involves research. Why are you all looking at me? I don't know. <laughs> so that has to do it. <laughs> you have to figure out who the original person was who suggested it. Hmm. It's going to be really hard. <laughs> no, I should have the, uh, I have the original voicemail on my machine, so. Because they're just all in a folder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, no, I'm going to have to open the folder. No, you don't understand. It's full with like this many emails in it. <laughs> so that's great, Katie. Somebody's going to get in touch with you. Corey's going to get in touch with you. Sure, why not? And uh, he'll coordinate. Uh, I'll be the fly on the wall. As long as he doesn't have to have his hair done. You're right. I think you should get your hair done while you're there, too. Extra glitter. <laughs> You mean besides the stuff you already use? <laughs> oh, stop. What a hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Katie. Our uh, next voicemail comes to us from Michael with questions about Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. So here's Michael. Hey, Pete, Kevin, John, Corey, Julie, and Will, and Walter. Uh, this is Michael Ruth again. I called yesterday. I'm sorry. I didn't mention Walter yesterday. He's a fine addition to the show. It's good to hear his voice. Um, question for you today would be uh, in regards to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. I know it's not Disney-related, but uh, you talked about it last year. I believe Kevin and John went on the uh, backstage tour as to how they set up the show, and I haven't heard anything about that this year. I've got my uh, Horror Nights tickets already and my fast passes for it, uh, but I'd like to go on one of those tours. I wanted to know if you guys had any information yet on any of those special tours. Um, In addition to that, Pete, uh, the weather today up here is in the mid-80s, and it's like liquid air. And walking my six miles on my mail route is not very fun. Uh, in addition to that, uh, since you're trying to lose some weight, I mean, I'd like to also, and we both weigh about the same, around 250 pounds, uh, I'd like to issue you some sort of challenge. I don't know how that would work. Okay, what is it with you people challenging <laughs> me with my weight? <laughs> what is going on here? But if you can come up with something on the Diz podcast cruise next year, uh, if we can see who loses the most weight, maybe we can work something out. So uh, if you okay, this is getting scary. What is he suggesting? <laughs> you know, the funny thing is they're all betting against you. Yeah, really. Is he going to be like the biggest loser and have a way off or something? <laughs> yeah, really. All right, Michael. Well, thank you very much for for calling in. Uh, they have not released the uh, tour schedule yet. For this year, they're definitely going to be doing them. They were a huge hit last year, those behind-the-scenes tours. And you guys really had a good time. We did. Corey went with us. I mean, we really enjoyed that. I did the tour and went to the actual Halloween Horror Nights that night. So it was really neat to see it with the lights on and then going into it that night and completely transformed with people jumping out at you. I was amazed at the amount of work that went into it. (laughs) I looked over and Kevin looks bored. I'm amazed that you thought I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Kevin, I, I'm you should with, have stayed home with me. I'm with Julie on this one. This is just not my scene. I hate I, I agree that it was a lot of work, and I it was interesting to see the detail that they put into it. Yeah, but you liked going through the, the places when it was lit up because you never would have went through when it was dark. Well, they also were talking about movies that I've never seen. They recreated actual scenes from movies that I've never seen. Like Nightmare on Elm Street? I never saw it. And it's just not my cup of tea, so I'm really a bad judge. Don't go by anything I say here. Yeah, but you liked it when they talked about the Haunted Mansion that was based on Meet Me in St. Louis. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't see that one. The Meet music me in St. Louis. They house. talked about some movie that with a woman who 
chopped people up and put them in the floorboards and look at how accurate that it was just like what i don't yeah. know what you're talking about if this yeah. is your scene and this is what you like i thought the backstage tour was great if you do it before you go on the uh the actual halloween one of the halloween horror nights it kind of ruins the surprise factor because you see where all the little hidden spots are where somebody's going to jump out at you yeah so going through it i'm like okay somebody's going to try to scare me here somebody's going to try to scare me here now i'm the one who set this up last year and the less expensive less extensive tour was the only one available there's a more extensive and more expensive tour that sold out like within days of it going on sale so it's the kind of thing as soon as we announce that there's going to be up they're going to be up for a uh, Making reservations, I suggest you do it if it's something you want to do. Yeah, and right, I'm am just double checking their website right now. They have nothing up yet uh, in terms of the behind the scenes tours. And as that information gets released, we are going to uh, we're going to uh, we'll, we'll update it on the uh, on the site. Now, as far as your uh, your challenge there, Michael, uh, you got to tell me what you have in mind. All right, give me an idea what you're talking about. You want me to walk a mail route? You want me to <laughs> six mile mail route? Yeah, he's uh, probably already lost the weight. He just went. To yeah, that. really. <laughs> but uh, come catch up. It's just funny. Everybody's like challenging me on my weight. Hmm. You all think I'm fat. <laughs> um, you think <laughs> I look fat in these pants? Does the podcast <laughs> make me look fat? <laughs> all right. Who has an email they'd like to read? Um, mine is from Agent Dork or a Catty Cat Cat Four on the boards. She's from Lakeland, Florida. Hey y'all, I was wondering if you do any good outlet malls close to Disney. Have about two hundred dollars to spend for new school clothes. I know there are some by Universal, but my mom doesn't want to drive there. Roll eyes, she says. Yeah, you don't have to. <laughs> but <she's, laughs> but she says that she sees them all the time off of I four on the way to Disney. I can't find anything on Google, so she said she would just drive around and find one. She's like, that scares me very greatly, and I don't want to be lost in Orlando. Please help. I made a list for you. The ones that your mom is seeing right off of I-4 are the Orlando um, Premium Outlets. They're on Violent Avenue. They have 110 stores. Then you also have the Prime Outlets International, which are a little further down. You can see them also from I-4, and they're on West Oak Ridge Road. They have 125 stores. There are also the Lake Buena Vista factory stores, which are off of 535. My least favorite. Yeah, I haven't ever been there, but I just knew it was close to Disney. Um, There's also Point Orlando, which is not an outlet mall. It's an outdoor mall. Um, They have lots of good shopping and uh, dining there, and that's located on International Drive. And then if you want to go to a real mall... The Florida Mall would be the one I would suggest, and not Millennia. It's a little more expensive. And the Florida Mall is off of South Orange Blossom Trail, and they have 270 stores to shop in. Now, you can Google. I would Google Orlando, Florida, Outlet Malls. And that's how I got all these results. You know, I mean, I knew them, but I wanted to know where they were and exactly how many stores they had and things like that. So just remember Google. Orlando, Florida outlet malls, and you can figure out which ones you want to go to and which ones are close to you and which ones your mom is willing to drive to. <laughs> so I hope that helps you out. And for whatever it's worth, my personal favorite are the premium outlets. I don't like the prime one. See, I hate the premium. Really? We were there this past week, Peter. It was insane. It was horrible. It was hot. It was crowded. I mean, the parking is horrendous. Yeah, the parking Everything can be tough. Is just picked over but they've got such and great messy. stores. Have you been to the prime since they redid it? I haven't been there in a while. It is completely oh, it's different. Yeah, it's incredible. not the same at all. It blows premium out. It of was the nasty water. really. Before. Yeah, 
because it had been nasty when oh, it was Bells. It was nasty. Yeah. yeah. And I'm of the belief I like the Lake Buena Vista factory outlets. However, really? I think it's the, it depends on which stores mm. you're looking for. Right. Yeah. There are stores I don't know they have an Aeropostale over there. And they that, do. That's kind and of a, a teen store. Old Navy. Yeah. There's also something called Vanity Fair, which is always surprising Women's to me. Women's under things. It's actually not. Kevin, <laughs> you like Vanity Fair? You need to go in. They have a whole teen section. It's, I thought it was all women's underwear, too. They, use, um, they sell Lee and all of the, the, the brands associated with that. My dad gets um, great jean shorts, Lee jean shorts, for like seven bucks. So, I mean, there is a section where they sell women's undergarments, but the majority of well, the store isn't. That's my first isn't. thought, because it's, you know, that's what I, I Kevin, go, Kevin goes in there to get his delicates. <laughs> I do. My dainties. But I have to say, Lee jeans are really not on the top of any teens list. You know what I'm saying? He's just saying your dad's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's 75. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> There's a big dog store there. Another thing the teens will be right there, lined up for. Kevin with his finger on the pulse of the youth of America. <laughs> Lee jeans and drugstores. That's what you need. <laughs> if I put my finger on the pulse, it's going to be the holder heads down. <laughs> That's too funny. So, have right. fun shopping and spending your money. Exactly. Thank you very much for that, Julie. All right, our next voicemail comes to us from Ryan Pierce in the UK. Has some questions about an upcoming trip. And he also asked me to say a special hello to his wife, Victoria, and their two-year-old daughter, Sophia. So, hello, Victoria and Sophia. And here's Ryan. Good afternoon to all the Diz podcast team. Thank you, first of all, for your tremendous podcast. Okay, I just got to say this. Does he not sound like the cruise director on board the ship? Oh, he does. (laughs) On board the Disney ship? Sorry. Truly enlightening and entertaining experience every week. What you have within your brand is really quite terrific, even more so for the UK visitor, more remote than many from the world of Disney. I have found your forums, disboards.com and the podcast boards, to be a true goldmine of information. In fact, I would suggest an unsurpassed resource. The reviews from the team on experiences, pools, stores and restaurants, etc. are invaluable, so please keep them coming. To my question, my wife, daughter and I have been DVC members and Disney visitors for quite a few years, but we will be bringing first-timers this year my younger brother and parents. It is to celebrate a couple of special occasions, my brother's 21st birthday and a belated 50th birthday and anniversary for my parents. So we want these events to be really memorable and special. Have you guys any suggestions for things to do or special touches to make these events that bit more special? And just one addendum, if I may. I would like, if possible, a unique bespoke memento or keepsake of this trip. Again, have you any ideas or suggestions? My apologies for all the questions, but my heartfelt thanks for any advice you're able to give and your continued fantastic public service to all the Disney fans globally. Moreover, for the unparalleled repository available under the Diz umbrella at the click of a mouse or the touch of an iPhone screen. Keep up the terrific work. Thanks and goodbye from a wet, cold and miserable London. Well, thank you very much for that, Ryan. Ryan actually uh, did something kind of neat, which actually makes my job a little bit easier. Rather than uh, phoning in a voicemail, he actually recorded his uh, his question on his computer and sent it to me as an MP3. Well, that's going to be easier for folks who are overseas who can't use the toll-free number. Yeah, exactly. So he's so well spoken. Well, I'm telling you, really awesome. he should be voice. telling us he should be telling us where to buy Tanzanite in one of the ports, though. Yeah, you know, he really he definitely the first time I listened to it, I'm like, oh, it sounds like you know that voice coming into your stateroom. I wonder if he does like voiceovers in the UK. You I know? don't know. He's got a terrific voice. <laughs> Did he say he's bringing his wife, daughter, 
like Woody Allen. <laughs> no. Sweetie. <laughs> that's not like he's saying I'm bringing She's my wife. She's not British. Oh. Bringing my wife daughter. <laughs> you are just, you're just twisted. I am twisted. <laughs> you're just twisted. Um, my wife daughter. <laughs> 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 yes, we entertain ourselves. We do. Julie's actually yawning. She is. <laughs> She's like, I don't care what they say. Okay. Um, all right. Well, on to your questions, uh, Ryan. Sometimes it's like I'm in the locker room. Yeah, I guess it probably comes across that way. <laughs> um, you know, we get the question an awful lot. You know, what's something special I can do? A couple of weeks ago, we had this is one of the main reasons I wanted to have Jane Cartelli on the show. Um, I realized that, you know, Gifts of a Lifetime uh, is a more expensive uh, than, than most things, starting at what do we say, three, four hundred dollars to do, a, do one of her events. But you want something personalized, you want something that everybody will remember. Um, I can't think of a better way to spend that money to get something customized, something nobody else will have done for them. I have another idea. He was asking for something sort of handmade, a handmade gift. We just recently talked about um, the glass blowing exhibit on Main Street in the Magic Kingdom, right? And it's there's also a, um, they engrave glass there, so you might want to go and watch them make your gift and ask if you could uh, order what or buy what's being made and have it engraved with a date or something on it, and set something up through that. That would might be kind of cool. Not at first; it would be hot, but it'll cool down eventually. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's to do something unique, special. Like I said, gifts of a lifetime. What Kevin just suggested. Um, anybody else? Any ideas? I was thinking about the twenty-first birthday, but he can already drink in the UK, right? So it's not a big deal there. Yeah, not really. They can drink at like eleven there, can't they? <laughs> <laughs> They're allowed to go in the bar. Eleven a.m. I was just gonna say eleven a.m. They can still drink. <laughs> Um, I, I really don't know. I mean, if he's into the birthday button, do that. But definitely do the anniversary pin for your, you know, your mom and dad's anniversary. That's always fun. Oh yeah, you, you always have to do the birthday mm-hmm. button anniversary pin. Then you go to guest services and pick those up. And- Thinking about unique souvenir. Um, I'm not sure if they do the caricature. If they'll do like your whole family in one. I think it'd be cool to like have dad, mom, and the daughter in one piece. You know, have a character done. Yeah, of the whole family. That's a cool idea. And if the 21-year-old is into concerts or stuff, see what's on the House of Blues website. That's mm-hmm. right there on Disney property in downtown Disney. So there might be somebody there he'd like to see, he or she. I don't remember if it was a male or a female. He said his brother. brother. Or brother. Okay, so see if he, something is playing that he'd like to go see. Something for the older people would be the gospel brunch. Mm-hmm. That would be a nice way to celebrate an anniversary. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, thank you very much, Ryan. We appreciate the... Uh, the voicemail. Our next listener is from New Jersey. Her name is Heather, and she has questions about the value of Disney Vacation Club. So here's Heather. Hi, my name is Heather. I'm calling from New Jersey, and I am a first-time listener of the Disney podcast, and I just want to say that I'm a big fan already. I'm a longtime Disney lover. We are going down in September. My question is, is the Disney Vacation Club worth the money if you are going each year and spending, you know, $1,000, $2,000 on a vacation? Um, this is our first time that we're going down and bringing a 
an additional person. And I was just wondering if it is a good value to buy the 120 points for Disney Vacation Club if you know that you're going to be going each year um, to a Disney property. And I also had a question, is is it easy to transfer the points to a property that's not um, necessarily in Disney World, but one of their, um, you know, like sponsored properties that they offer in the Disney Vacation Club book? Thank you. Well, thank you very much, uh, Heather. I think I know the answer to this, but John, what do you th- what would you say? I'm a big proponent of Disney Vacation Club. Um, you can't look at it as an investment. However, what you can look at it as is a hedge against your future vacation uh, money that you might spend. If you're going to come back every year, if you think you're going to bring more and more people, the Disney Vacation Club properties sleep more people so you don't have to get two rooms. You can stick with one room. So, yeah, I definitely think it's worth it. 120 points is rough. That's uh, isn't the minimum you can buy now like 200? No. No? Why did I, I think it was 200? There's actually no... I think the minimum is 100, but that's oh, okay. an add-on. Um, I'm sure the folks on the DVC boards will correct us. But what they do is... One of the things they love to do is they love to do that, show you how much it's going to cost, and that 120 points is a very typical right. cost that they present to people when they show you it. 120 points is rough. I mean, yeah. you're talking about... Yeah, maybe getting. You can a get week. a week in the studio off yeah, season. Off season, but I think you want to go for more than that if you can afford it. Um, as far ex- as far as the exchange goes, Disney makes it very easy to exchange the points for other destinations. They all work within Internet Interval International, which is an exchange company, and co- you just got to make a call and make it happen. However, my experience has been. One, the amount of points you need to exchange is usually very, very high. So we talk about renting points and the value of your points. It seems like you use an awful lot of points to exchange out to another destination. And second, there's an additional charge. Even if you want to book cruise line with your points, you have to pay a charge, a cash amount, in addition to your points. So I never thought Disney Vacation Club was good for other destinations that are not DVC. Yeah, properties. really. I mean, there are some people who do who use that, but yeah. I think you're right. I think the vast majority don't buy Disney Vacation Club to exchange out to something else. If you want to do that, buy a real inexpensive timeshare that uh, in the area that that participates in either RCI or Interval International, and use that for your exchanges. I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy in a Disney for that. I it's agree. too expensive. Um, one of the things that's good about Disney is that the value of the Vacation Club seems to be going up because Disney is really investing in that brand. Um, it's a rumor, but it's we know it's fairly true. They're going to be building the Contemporary Tower. They're going to be building something out in, in Disneyland. So the value of your well, points... Well, they are already. Right. So the value of your points are always going to be... Uh, maintain their value at least, if not increase... Because Disney is investing in these properties, you're not going to run the risk of a couple years down the right down the road this not being popular anymore. So, if you can afford it, I say Disney Vacation Club is a good deal. Yeah, and absolutely, as John pointed out as well, the uh, it's it's a hedge against inflation. Uh, every year, the cost of a hotel room on Disney property increases by some amount, by some percentage. The value of what you're paying for your Disney Vacation Club membership today. Will have the ex- will hold the exact same value ten years from now, and you're not going to have to pay. You know, they don't uh, 
every year the points needed for a room don't go up. Uh, they only have a certain number of points they're allowed to allot, and they've got to keep it the same all the time. So they may, uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, they decide, okay, well, April's gotten really busy, so we need to up uh, a studio in April by five points a night. But then they got to take five points a night out somewhere else during the year. So you always get the same value for your money uh, when you when you go into Disney Vacation Club. That really is what makes it a good deal in the long term. If you think you're going to be coming down here for the next 10 years. If you're going to come down at least once a year, uh, that's the only time it really makes sense. But we love it. I see another benefit that neither of you have mentioned. I'm one of those people that if I had the point, I would be pressed to use them. Yeah. So it's one of those things like, in my opinion, it would guarantee me that I was coming back. Yeah, true. I've got the points. I've got to go use them. Not that I would ever have a reason to you and know, it's like, like It's like paying for your hotel room on an installment plan. You know, you pay for ten years, and you get to go. You get to go for forty. Basically, your mortgage if, your mortgages run about ten years. If you finance, you don't have to finance it. Heather, also keep in mind that there's uh, dues, so that's going to inc- you have to figure that into the price of your DVC. And dues it? are about what? Oh, that's a real. I can't do that off the top of my head. It's a certain dollar value per point based on the resort you're going to be in. Six or seven dollars a point, depending on what's the resort you choose. And I'm sure I got that wrong, and someone will. Email we'll have me. 43 emails right. tomorrow morning. <laughs> Send them to John. Yeah, pretty much. But keep that in mind, that that's part of your cost, is that your maintenance fees will never go away, even if you paid off the DVC. Cool. Well, thank you very much for the question, Heather. Thank you, John, for the information. Um, who else has an email they'd like to read? I have one from Bernie Edwards from Maryland. He's a relatively new listener. I've read in several places that Walt Disney World guarantees that guests staying at a resort can enter some theme park each day in case one is closed due to capacity. If I understand that right, they can close the Magic Kingdom due to capacity but have to allow resort guests to enter one of the other theme parks. My question concerns the water parks. Does Disney guarantee access to Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach every day? Example, a guest is always guaranteed entrance to one of them. Or can Disney close down both water parks due to capacity and they won't make any exceptions for Disney Resort guests? It does not apply to the Disney water parks. Um, you're not guaranteed access into any of them. I would suggest get there at least an hour, hour and a half at opening, and you shouldn't have an issue with it being closed to capacity, especially Blizzard Beach. Go to Blizzard Beach first, you know, really early, and then they'll send all the overflow to Typhoon. And if that one closes, then you're SOL. How many times have you know, Up a creek. one way to put it? <laughs> How many times has it closed when you were working there? Blizzard, yeah, lots of times. Really, especially during the busy seasons. I mean, if you if Blizzard opens at nine and you get there around eleven, there's a good chance that it might be closed, and then they, they won't even let you in the parking lot. They'll just have a big sign that says, you know, closed due to capacity. Please enjoy Typhoon Lagoon or something. But. Yeah, Blizzard Beach closes a lot, wow. especially in the busy season. It'll close, but it'll reopen later on, around 2 o'clock. So there's this window where you're like, what do I do? Unless it rains at 12. That know. happened to us last year. We got to Blizzard. They were closed to capacity. We went to Typhoon for a couple of hours, and then we went over to Blizzard and were able to get in around 2. Yeah. How bad is the parking over there? It's, you not, bring it, it's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, if you, even if you park in the farthest area, I mean, it's still not a bad walk. Cool. Thank you very much, Corey. Um, I have another one. Kevin. 
My email is from Matt Riker in Welland, Ontario. He says, Hi, podcast crew. It seems that service and quality at Disney World is continuing to decline, not just from what I hear on the podcast, but from the Diz boards as well. Kevin's review of Cinderella's Royal Table last week seems to underscore just how serious the problem is becoming, and I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm starting to get discouraged. I want to bring my extended family on a trip in a few years, but if this is what they can expect, I have to forget that idea. I realize that times are tough, but I don't think that excuses Disney's poor service and overall food quality. What I want to know is, what can we do to help the situation? Would a uh, concerted letter-writing campaign have any impact? If so, can you suggest an address that we can write to? If you don't think a letter-writing campaign would promote change, do you have any other suggestions? Perhaps the only thing we can do is vote with our wallets, even if it means taking fewer trips and or giving Disney less money. Please let us know if there's anything we can do to bring Disney World back up to Walt's standards. Matt. Matt, I found your email fascinating. First of all, uh, we've talked about certain service, uh, customer service experiences. I would say the majority of customer service experiences at Disney World are above reproach. When you hear about the ones that we talk about, they're the exception to the rule and not not the rule. Um I while my service at Cinderella's Royal Table was not exemplary, I didn't really have a problem with the service. The service was rushed more than anything else. I would suggest that you bring your family down, and I think you're going to find that cast members, the majority of cast members, the vast majority, I would say, will go out of your way to make sure that your family has an outstanding time. That's why Disney has the loyal fan base that it has. If by chance you run into a situation where you feel that service has been less than exemplary, I do have an email address you can write to. We'll put this up in the show notes. It's www.guest.communications at disneyworld.com. If you would like to write an old-fashioned letter, you can write to Guest Communications, Executive Offices, Post Office Box 10040, Lake Buena Vista, Florida, 32830-0040. Now, before any of you go out writing these awful letters telling him how bad your service was, I would also encourage every single one of you that if you have an exemplary cast member or someone who goes out of their way to make sure that your family has a better time than they could have possibly had without their help, you write that letter as well. Exactly. Uh, guest communications is the best way to handle this, and I strongly recommend that you recognize the great cast members. The way to fix this is to uh, through compliment. Tell them what they're doing right as opposed to what they're doing wrong. However, if you have any, uh, I, I've heard all sorts of experiences where something has gone wrong, let them know. And I just want to, uh, to add on to that, you know, for anybody who's been listening to our show from the beginning, you know that, uh, especially for a while there, I had a real problem with the quality of uh, the training these cast members were getting and ultimately how they were, how they were acting when they were on stage. And uh, over the past, over these past two years, I can honestly say I have seen improvement. I have seen very measurable improvement. And, uh, in fact, although I, I don't want to jump the gun because my review of the Polynesian isn't until next week, but I can tell you if you are looking for that 
old style Disney service the way they used to do it. Uh, it's in great abundance at the Polynesian. It is in great abundance there. It's so there are places on property that 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 service that level of service is still there, and I've been seeing it more and more as I've gone around. And uh, but the, you have to understand, you know, it, it is literally a forty-seven square mile resort with hundreds of businesses, of stores and restaurants and the theme parks and everything else. There's no way they're going to get it all perfect all the time. And some places, you know, unfortunately what happens, you know, you bring up Cinderella Royal Table as an example, and it's a very good example. Uh, what seems to happen, a problem Disney has, and I think this is systemic, is that when their restaurants become popular, when these restaurants get a reputation, attention to detail, all that stuff, it just goes right out the window. It just goes right out the window. The success goes to their heads. They think who they are. They figure we're going to pack this place. It doesn't matter what kind of slop we serve. That is someplace I think Disney lacks tremendously right now, that they are not addressing the way they should. You know, we had a review not too long ago of Tony's Town Square a restaurant that was, an, it was atrocious, and we're hearing all these atrocious stories about another a classic restaurant that should not be in that, in that shape. Um, and we can find those places all over property, but we can also find places, far more places, I, I would say, where the food and the service is outstanding, where there are cast members who do go to work every day and really do care about what they do and are trying to do the best job. You're never going to get 100%, um, and I do think that Disney still has more work to do. I would still like to see the more formal traditions program uh, brought back as part of training, uh, but at least they're making progress. But... Uh, I just want to encourage Matt. We were recently at Downtown Disney and had an experience in purchasing an item. And the service provided by the cast member was horrifyingly bad. And I want you to know that that stood out. That's not the norm. We, I stood there slack-jawed that this happened. But I want you to know that that's what stood out in my mind. It's not widespread. Those little examples of when you do receive bad service are the exception to the rule, as opposed to the rule. I agree. And before I say goodbye, I need to say hello to Anthony and Simon. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Simon. All right. We have our next voicemail from Craig in Georgia, who has questions about the fireworks wagon ride. We're getting a lot of these questions lately, too. So here's Craig. Hello, podcast team. This is Craig Long from Georgia. I was calling because I had a question. I've, we've been My family's been going every year since, like, 1992, and each year we try to look for something different. And I want some more, more information about the fireworks wagon rides in Fort Wilderness. Like, what time would we have to line up? I saw how much it cost. What time would we have to line up? Where do we have to go? Is it worth it? Have you done it? Did you like it? We were looking at doing this instead of the Wishes Cruise to save a little money, but still have a good time. My name is Craig Long, and I appreciate any information you give me. Thank you. Well, Craig, your uh, your timing was pretty perfect. Our uh, our own Kathy Whirling uh, had just uh, put up a blog entry on disunplugged.com uh, detailing the Fort Wilderness Wagon Ride, her first time doing it, and... Uh, you know about also about the fireworks ride. It's actually uh, there's not much difference between the wagon ride and the fireworks ride, other than, other than the time of day. 
that it takes place. They'll take you on the wagon ride at night and we'll stop at a certain point if the fireworks are going on. But uh, we have a whole, we're going to have a link to it in our show notes page. Kathy did a great job. And she took some great photos too. She took some great photos. Very proud of her. Very well. Very, very uh, Great job, Kathy. This is two weeks in a row there, Kathy. That's some great stuff you've got going up. Um, And this is a great article she wrote. So we will definitely have a link to that in the show notes page. And she's got all the information in there you could ever want. So it, it is, but we've been getting a lot of questions about this, yeah. uh, the, fi- the fireworks wagon ride and the wagon ride in general. And it's funny, they come in like waves. We'll get like a whole bunch of questions on the same topic, you know, like all with like a week or two of each other. I think they hit the boards that way. I think someone mentions it on the boards yeah. and then there's a lot of questions I never knew that existed. That's, yeah, that's what I'm it. figuring, yeah. which is pretty cool. And it's great to have Kathy on our team to do that type of stuff. Oh. Because God knows I'm not doing a wagon. <laughs> Tracy they need put an extra big too. wagon for me. Exactly. Tracy just put her blog up, too, for the first time, didn't she? Oh, did she? Yeah, for the yeah. Diz meets. Yeah, she did. She did a great job as well. Um, and Craig, get your kids some waffles already, will you? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Did you hear you the hear kid the in the kid, background? Yeah. He oh, wants yeah. a waffle. Oh, yeah. I want some waffles. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be on the the part that you've played because that was kind of the part where he was giving us his information okay no, i think it was in there was it in there it was I cute hear it. somebody wants waffles it was cute <laughs> uh you know and look we get uh, questions all the time about uh what sort of special gift can i get when i'm at the parks it's not going to cost a lot of money things like that well we have a, a voicemail our next voicemail comes from gene scott who called us with a, I think, a just a, a really great gift idea uh, that you can do for no money at all. So here is Gene. Hi, Justine. This is a thrill. Love the podcast. I am sure that I'm not the first one to think of this, but while in Epcot's World Showcase, I bought my wife a gift at Morocco. The cast member behind the register then asked if I would like to have her name written in Arabic inside the box. I, of course, said yes and then had an idea. I took a sheet of paper and went to every country on World Showcase and asked a cast member to write my wife's name in their native language. The cast members loved doing this, and my wife enjoyed this so much that she is planning on having it framed. Imagine a gift from Epcot that someone loved that didn't cost a thing. (laughs) Keep up the great job. Goodbye. Well, thank you very much for that uh but that Jantha, that was a really cute idea. I think it's a great idea. And I have, I, and, and, and Gene thinks that somebody's come up with it before. That maybe they have. I've never heard of that. I just recently bought my mom something in Morocco, and the cast member offered to do that for, and wrote it down. And you know me, I'm the doubting Thomas. I actually took it to another cast member and asked him what it said. <laughs> <laughs> and the next cast member repeated back what it said, and I thought, wow, that really was something cool. I think it's a great idea. It's taking that just a step further. I love ideas like that. Yeah, it's a, I, I, so do I. I think it's, it's incredibly creative. You put it in a Disney frame, it's great. Exactly. Exactly. And like he said, his wife, his yeah. wife loved it. Awesome. All right, who's got another email? I have one more. Mine is from Pat Neal in Port St. Lucie, Florida. And Pat says, uh, she's Goofy Mom 64 on the Diz boards. I just listened to Kevin's review of Cinderella's Re- I really am being Bob these days. <laughs> I'm only reading emails with my name in them. I just listened to Kevin's review yeah, of yeah, Cinderella. Yeah, yeah. 
I've just listened to Kevin's review of uh, Cinderella's Royal Table and have quickly canceled the resi that I had for my birthday in September. Kevin's review was both hysterical as well as sad. Sad because I had been looking forward to doing something unique for my birthday and thought that this would uh, be it. Also loved the pictures as it helped me understand what Kevin was describing, especially the pear dessert, which did look like a beat. Actually, I've been given a great deal of credit for calling that a blood clot. That wasn't me. That was John. I'm going to copyright all my jokes from now on. <laughs> Do you feel better now? <laughs> I do. He's p- pouted all week. Now, any backlash from that review? Um, yeah, there's been people who tell me that I'm wrong. And to that, I have to say that this is an opinion. Right. It's just an opinion. If you, I, I mean, it's not like I told you, you can't go. Go. <laughs> Those people are used to eating swill all the time. Well, I... I used the word WDWinfo.com I called something swill one time And I never lived it down Uh, Back to Pat Eyes on Pat Uh, Quick background My husband and I are DVC members And have annual passes So we visit Walt Disney World At least three times a year Cinderella's Royal Table Would have been our first Upscale Disney restaurant Although after Kevin's review, I used the term upscale loosely. So I was very disappointed listening to everyone's uh, dinner experience. I know that some restaurants get more hype than others and that ADR seemed to make one restaurant a must-do on a trip. But where would the team suggest doing a dinner birthday celebration? I'm sure you get this question all the time, so I apologize. I did not pick uh, Cinderella's Royal Table for the characters, but more for the ambiance. Keep up the great work. I enjoy listening to the show every week. All right, Pat. I just was have been told numerous times that breakfast and lunch are better with more character interaction. But since since you said you're not really looking for character interaction, I would tell you that if you're looking for a great birthday experience, I would pick. I think there's some really great restaurants on Disney property. I think Narcosis Narcus- is a tremendous experience. It's casual, but it's elegant. It's probably one of the prime dinner locations in all of Disney World. You can see the Magic Kingdom. You can see the Contemporary. You can see the Poly. You can see the Grand Floridian from the balcony. Uh, if you're there at fireworks time, you could go out on the uh, balcony. The little uh, That's not really a balcony. It's more like a deck outside the restaurant. I would also recommend Jico. Uh, as a wonderful dining experience that's a little more exotic with the tastes of Africa. I would recommend the Hollywood Brown Derby if you're looking for an in-park experience that's a little elegant. There's a lot of places. Those with, uh, If you're looking for... Um, I've lost my train of thought. Character interaction? Character interaction. I would recommend uh, the Crystal Palace. The Crystal Palace to me is... It's a great character interaction. It's a little hectic. So it's not the kind of place that I would pick as a birthday celebration. I think if you're looking for the Pooh characters, it's a great place to go. And the food's good. But those would be my picks. Um, 1900 Park Fair seems mm-hmm. to be another biggie people love. And Chef Park. Mickey's for uh, a character breakfast, really and truly, I think, outside of maybe the uh, Crystal Palace, it's probably the best place to go off, uh, outside of a theme park. If I was going to be taken out for my birthday, I would pick Jico or Narcissus or the Brown Derby. Uh, the California Grill for um, if you can get a reservation for the time of the fireworks is also a great way to celebrate your birthday. And I think the California Grill is great also. That was the other one I was trying to think of and lost my train of thought. Those are some really nice upscale restaurants. We've talked about Portofino 
uh, Portobello Yacht Club, excuse me. Now, I and, have some information about Portobello Yacht Club that it's undergoing some changes. I understand that they're going to change it in stages, and I really don't have enough information to... In the recent past, all of my experiences at Portobello Yacht Club have really been terrific. With new changes and the talk of them changing Pleasure Island, I understand Portobello Yacht Club is going to be different, so I... I I want to withhold recommending that because I don't know enough about it yet to say that its new incarnation is going to be as good as its old incarnation. I'm hoping it is, but that those would be my recommendations. Does anybody else have anything different? I mean, that's why I brought up Portobello Yacht Club because we've talked about that several times, yeah. and I just didn't want to let it go and not mention it again, but we know it's changing, so be careful. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. And our final voicemail this week comes to us from Donna who has a little something for John. So here's Donna. Hi, my name is Donna, and I'm calling with a question. Um, After the interview with Jane Cartelli, I was wondering if there's also anyone doing that kind of a service for the Disneyland area. Um, You may be also hearing in the background, I have a bit of my own harp music going. My daughter is strumming on the harp. And just for John, no, we didn't volunteer her. We actually volunteered me. The harp uh, in relation to her is a boat up to her nose so it's a little too big for her to carry on but I'd be happy to and just for John I quit (laughs) this will be my last show ladies and gentlemen (laughs) what could be better than a harp version of small world a lobotomy (laughs) (laughs) sounds pretty it is pretty it sounds like a music box coming through the mm-hmm. the headphones. Yeah. There you go. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Donna, and thank your daughter for that uh, that beautiful rendition of uh, "It's a Small World" for John. It was played very beautifully, and it was very nice of her to do it, but. Now I have Small World in my head. <laughs> small World harp music in his head. And now it's never going to go away. I'll sing to you on the way home. Oh, great. <laughs> my boat got caught in the shallow part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too fat for this ride. <laughs> I'm not singing that. Oh, all right. That's going to do it for us this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, reminder to everyone, if you would like to send us a, an email, podcast at wdwinfo.com. Or for a voicemail, toll-free, the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one eight seven seven three one zero nine six six two. That does it for our show this week. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Have a great week, everybody.